For this podcast, we went back into the archives of an interview I did a few years ago with Wade Lightheart as uh, we dive more into the agricultural aspects of food and nutrition and how they affect us. The digestive issues keep popping up as one of the most common things people come and ask me for. And so going back and and re-listening and going through this interview again, it became so evident that we had to reshare it. We had to get it back out there because the information is timeless and maybe even more applicable today. So we're going to dive in and listen to Wade T. Lightheart, uh, also associated with the Bio-Optimizer Supplement Company, and uh, learn a lot about a lot. Welcome to the Sewing Prosperity Podcast with host Logan Duvall. This father of four is an Arkansas successful small business owner whose world was turned upside down with the cancer diagnosis of his then five-year-old son. As Napoleon Hill famously stated, every adversity, every failure, every heartbreak carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Come and join us on our journey to create a blue zone community with a focus on a holistic approach to anti-cancer, regenerative farming, and strengthening local economies. Wade, so glad to have you on, brother. So uh, just to give you just a little bit of our story, uh, my son was diagnosed with cancer in 2019, and so very early on I said, you know, the doctors will do their part. We got a children's hospital that's fantastic right here in in Little Rock. Uh, God will do his part. And then daddy, me, I was going to do mine. And so I dove in with everything I had in nutrition and, and supplements and everything. And um, was listening to a Bulletproof podcast when you and Matt were on there. And I thought, nice, a nice. Really opened my eyes to bio-optimizers and what y'all were doing. So I bought the products. So got them. We started using them. I started sneaking them in for my, my son and... Just fell in love with what you're doing. Started researching you after listening to another podcast and found out you had a cancer connection. So uh, if, if you don't care, can you share share that with us? Yeah, so I got into this whole health industry because my sister was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's disease, which is cancer of the lymph nodes, when I was around 15. And uh, I watched her go through the medical model for four years and everybody, you know, did their best, but uh, she died at the age of 22. And so that made a big impact on me as a young man. Uh, You know, the knowing that your life and your health are not guarantees, which kind of set me on my path. And I probably didn't even understand the full impact of that until maybe 10 years later after I had, you know, advanced quite a bit in my own career and had ended up starting my own company. And Years later, of course, so we got recognized with the American Anti-Cancer Institute to work with people who are um, have cancer, who are uh, recovering from cancer, who want to prevent cancer. And so uh, it's all come full circle, and I'm very happy to be uh, a, a part of that process. You've definitely given me a lot of great information, al- along with others that uh, you have, you've been working with. With uh, Lander specifically, he was on vincristine, and that was very difficult on his, you know, digestive system. It really slows down the intestines. And so I knew the microbiome was important, didn't know enough about it to make good decisions, and I just in my soul felt 
Miralax, Miralax, Miralax was not the, the answer. And so diving into nutrition uh, is where the enzymes came up and, and making sure the good bugs are in there, how I explained it to him, good bugs and bad bugs. And um, so with you being an absolute, you know, expert and I and something else I want to tell you I appreciate so much how you are not in this box you're willing to learn and like just I, I, I feel that with you every time I hear I hear you in a, on a podcast or something so I, I do appreciate that you're always trying to learn can you tell us why we're you know maybe seeing this epidemic of gut problems Great question. It's the unintended consequences of technological innovation. And so you have to go back in time. Uh, if you go back before World War, just when World War II happened, uh, the United States dropped the nuclear bomb on Japan, finally ending the war. The Japan, Japanese surrendered that war shortly afterwards. And the baby boom happened. And all of a sudden there was an explosion of the population all around the world. And the governments of the world started to recognize that the old patterns of farming and people moving to the city and stuff wouldn't be able to supply sufficient amount of food to the population. So they got, um, you know, well-meaning boards and regulatory boards and agricultural boards and these things of what we needed to do. And what was implemented in short order in the next little while was monoculturing farming. And when monoculture farming came in, see, Prior to that, farming for thousands of years involved the thing called crop rotation. You grow your crops, you grow tomatoes here one year, and you grow squash here the next year, and you grow potatoes the next year, you know, and then you have one year where you grow hemp, and then you plow that hemp back into the ground to reconstitute the soil, and you let the soil go fallow. And if you go out to the west, uh, out into uh, Western Canada, for example, so I'm from Canada, you'll actually see the big farms. They'll have one little section, which is where the farmers used to eat their food. And then they had the monoculturing one. Maybe that was subsidized and government sponsored programs. And then what began to happen as the mineral content of the soil went down, they couldn't grow the crops fast enough. They would yield them. So they used the leftover nitrogen from all the bombs that were irrelevant and left over from the war to put the nitrogen on the soil. Now what happens, you put the nitrogen on the soil, it grows the vegetables and fruits much faster. However, you give up essential amino acids, you give up enzymes, and you have less vitamins and minerals within that food. Now, these proteins are very important for the health and durability of the plant. In other words, how hardy that plant is and how resistant it is to disease and bugs and things like that. So after a few generations of that, all of a sudden, various types of diseases started to wipe out entire crops. Blights and, of course, insurance agencies started to get, you know, crop protection and all these sort of things. So there was industries built out of this. But long story short, the chemical company said, well, hey, well, let's add herbicides, pesticides and fungicides to the food onto the vegetables and stuff. So that's came into vogue and the various chemical plants and fertilizers and the marketing campaigns that came on it now. So, so how those chemicals work is they interrupt the natural enzymatic activity of the bugs of the organism that's trying to kill you so much so that it will kill them. And enzymes are the difference between the living and the dead between stones, plants, and people. And you have what's called an enzyme bank account. And this is 
well illustrated by a fellow by the name of Dr. Edward Howell, who wrote Enzyme Nutrition and Food Enzymes for Health and Longevity. And he determined back then by doing all these different species, by checking out all these different species, dogs, cats, rats, you name it. And he found that if you fed them an enzymatically deficient diet over three, genera over three generations, number one, they started to exert a massive amount of genetic-based diseases. Number two, they started to elicit strange sociological behaviors. And number three, the species lost the ability to procreate. Well, fast forward, it's been three generations since we implemented these components in the world. And we see all of those three playing out in the human population, just as Howell suggested. So my mentor was a guy by the name of Dr. Michael O'Brien. And he was instrumental in helping Bernard Jensen overcome cancer at the end of his life. And Bernard even wrote the book on digestive health. A lot of people don't know that. And his book, his last book, I think was called Come Alive, which documents, he dedicated it to Dr. O'Brien. And, and he explained to him a little bit about some of the things that he used to implement in order to keep his recovery. And I want to be clear about something. I'm not suggesting that enzymes and probiotics can help a person or will, will cause the recovery from a serious illness. What I'm saying is, is the deficiency in these elemental components, which are a natural part of our food supply throughout all of history, are now devoid thanks to chemicalization, irradiation, packaging and processing that occurs with our food supply chain, not to mention all the foods that are manufactured completely artificially. So when you do this, you disrupt your digestive system. Now, if we look at the statistics that are out there, 12% of the emergency hospital visits in this country are related to gastrointestinal related illnesses. 100 million people on any given day have some sort of digestive discomfort, and over 25% of those people are on prescription medication. So medication is always just a way to mitigate the symptoms of a disease because oftentimes the causes are unknown or are uh, multivaried in their factors. And what I would say to any person who is experiencing any sort of digestive distress, uh, a drama, a, you know, weight gain uh, over an excess, a healthy body weight, they have to address the lifestyle issues that are related to, or even the extreme case, some sort of metabolic or disease-based condition. And what I would suggest to people, and this is the theory that we put forward, and that is health and disease are the natural result of the environmental conditions, both internally and externally of that given individual over the genetic predispositions that may be present in that organism. So some people have a predisposition for heart disease. Some people have a predisposition for cancer. Some people have a predisposition for whatever. But what we are seeing is a dramatic and significant rise in gastro-related illnesses. Now, that's where your food goes into the body. Your food goes into the body. You know, it, there's a process of digestion, absorption, and assimilation. Basically, it's a five-stage process that involves from tasting, touching, chewing the food, going into the esophagus, down into the stomach, hydrochloric acid coming in, disinfecting it, minerals coming in, buffering the acids. Then that travels down to the gut where the good guys and the bad guys left and hopefully have more good guys than bad guys. And then they convert what's left over that food into the energy uh, units or the building blocks of your body. A failure on any part in one area of that 
insufficient enzymes, insufficient hydrochloric acid, a disbalance in the microbiome will result in digestive distress. Left unchecked over time, this will uh, compromise that person's health, their vitality, their energy, and increase the likelihood that they will suffer from uh, the devastating effects of a, either a life, uh, like a permanent disability and disease or the loss of life itself. And, and so our whole mission is to kind of bring people to the awareness that getting your digestion working properly so that you can assimilate the good things that you're gonna eat and get rid of the bad things is an essential component in conjunction with a healthy lifestyle and a healthy diet. So what you're saying is we've destroyed our soil. Our farming practices are focused on, on pretty monocultured crops that are devoid of nutrients and full of toxins. And it causes us to have gut problems, right? We know that that will kill the bugs. If they, so how much of Even that do we bugs. need to eat to kill us? Because we need those bugs inside of us. We need a certain amount of bugs inside of us. Like you said, the good bugs and the bad bugs. And guess what? Those chemicals and agents will kill those things that are essential to living yeah. as well. And so with being in, in the, the agricultural world, having, having a farmer's market, I think a lot of the farmers are, first of all, we have fantastic farmers around us, but a lot of them don't understand or haven't been made aware of what you're saying. So that uh, industrial model where we're bringing in nitrogen versus bringing in all the micro minerals and uh something i heard not very long ago was like we'd have to eat like 50 peaches now uh, from the past to equal one that, that nutrient quality so, our nutrient definition quality. of food is compromised see because our definition of food was based on protein carbohydrates fats and a few trace minerals that would prevent RDAs, uh, you know, which is, and much of the food that we're eating is based on models that were developed years ago and may not actually be applicable to the food you are actually eating. Yeah. Go to a biodynamic organic farm and eat a vegetable and compare that to something that you get in your, your grocery oh, store. Absolutely. And it's obvious to our sensory organs that those yeah. are two different food products. We we notice that a lot, especially when it's what we refer to here as heirlooms. So like our Cherokee purple tomatoes, yeah. people go nuts uh, versus what that old red at, at the grocery store. And so the I perfect, think that's a perfect, the perfect red tomato at the grocery <laughs> store. Yes. Yeah. You can hit with a, a baseball bat and hit a home run because it ain't falling apart. But yeah, the, the food, I think that's the best tangible example what we can give is, is that that's a that's a difference. Just take those tomatoes. What, what is an enzyme? Because that, that was relatively a new term for me, and I, I feel like I'm pretty versed in, in health or what we thought was health. So, so what is an enzyme in like the simplest term? Enzyme is a worker in your body. Same as the workers in your local town that clean the streets and keep the power on and the plumbing working and the streets plowed and the snow and, and fix the power wires. They are the workers of the body. They are chemical catalysts. Basically, virtually every chemical reaction in the body requires an enzyme. And what it does is it turns one thing into something else. 
And these chemical processes are, are all through the body. There's over 25,000 inside the human body that they know of. And it seems like they keep discovering more and more. Now, when it comes to, uh, there's different enzymatic pathways, proteolytic pathways, which are related to proteins, glycolytic pathways, which are related to carbohydrates, um, lipolytic pathways, which are related to fats. Basically, there are enzymes that are involved in various chains, not only just from digestion, but also inside the body. And so these catalysts are kind of like, it's like a bank account. When you're born, you have so much money. You've inherited a chemical or, or uh, an enzymatic bank account. And that's how Dr. Hal put it. And any woman who has had several children will tell you they do not have the same life force and energy they had before the kids. They actually deposit a great chunk of their enzymatic activity to the child. And so this determines how many metabolic checks, chemical checks you can write in your life. Now, every species on the planet keeps getting enzymes because they eat their food in a live raw state, whether it's a tiger eating animals, whether it's a horse or cow eating grass, whether it's a bear eating salmon and blueberries, they all get it. And all living things have enzymes. So not only do you get the proteins, carbohydrates, fats, or whatever nutrients are there, but you get the enzymes, but that wasn't defined in our food. Now we cook our food, we irradiate our food, we spray our food, and we deplete the enzymatic count. So what happens is our body has to manufacture these enzymes itself at huge metabolic cost. That's why you get so tired after having the giant Thanksgiving dinner with the turkey and the potatoes and all this stuff. I call the turkey, everybody goes, passes out because your body says, I don't have enough. I don't have enough of these workers to run my brain right now. I don't have enough to run my muscles right now. I'm going to take all of my enzyme production just to break down the food. And then once we've got that, you know, Uncle Joe wakes up from drooling on the couch and grandma comes snaps out of it from snoring in the chair. And, you know, little, little uh, Linda, she gets up off the floor after passing out and drooling all over her place and they go for another round. So there is a conversion process of turning your food into the energy and building block, which requires enzymes. Thinking, I say everything from thinking to blinking requires enzymes. So when a person's enzymatic bank account is lower than it can write checks and the demands from life, whether that's from performance sports, like I was involved, whether it's from disease, whether it's from stress, whatever it happens to be that causes you, you need to write more checks. What happens is if you don't have enough, your body will start shutting down different operational components. We call that aging and degeneration but it's been accelerated in the population so that now kids are getting diseases that were originally designed for senior citizens. So eating in the American diet, you're not getting any enzymes, are you? No. No. So the only thing, and this is why I think that it has been so important that I came across y'all's work and what you're doing is supplementing has been the only way I have been able to find getting those in there in in the inability to get live organic or, or just raw foods for most of the of the time. So I'm a firm believer. I feel better than I ever have just by being able to digest my food. And and I stay on top of, of Lander, my son, 
and uh, he had a valve obstruction. So he, he got compa compacted once and had to have the NG tube, and that was horrible. Then again, had the bowel obstruction, had to go in and have another emergency surgery. So, uh, you know, it's it's been it's been a time going through cancer treatments, but his digestion is such a key focus for me, and I think the enzymes have made a big a big difference. I, I really do, along with taking probiotics. So, what? would you suggest for somebody new that's never, you know, some, some people that are watching this, this is gonna be the first time they've ever even heard of an enzyme. How do you start? How, how do you start incorporating that into your, your life? Yeah, a couple of things is you, first and foremost, you can never supplement your way out of an unhealthy lifestyle. I wanna be clear about that, you know? You can't just take enzymes and eat Fruit Loops and stuff and think everything's gonna be okay. You gotta clean up your diet. Second thing, I would recommend people to try our kind of uh, a product like our masses, which is designed enzymes for the masses. There's 17 different enzymes, particularly proteolytic enzymes. It's five different types. And what that's designed is to cover just about every basis from an enzyme perspective that you can break down, digest, and utilize your food. A fun experiment to do, and this is something I encourage people to do, is take a bowl of oatmeal, let's say. Take, say, three caps of masses, break them open, and stir them into your bowl of oatmeal and watch what happens over the next two minutes. You will see that bowl of oatmeal get pretty much liquefied, right? Why do I share people to do that? That is the digestive process. And in order for you to do that without enzymes, it requires you to pull off that bank account that you have available, whatever that is available, whatever age you are, which we don't know what that might be, and it sucks from that bank account because we're supposed to get enzymes from our food, but we don't because we cook it. It's all that sort of stuff. So by adding these enzymes in, we preserve our natural enzymatic production ability so that it can do the things with the healing and all that sort of stuff. Now, there's another caveat. It's a fellow by the name of Dr. Gonzalez who took super physiological dosages of enzymes and this is well-documented over 12,000 cases and people with extreme levels of, of disease and cancer in particular. And he was able to elicit the recovery in many of those people. Now people go, is it the enzymes that did that? No, I wouldn't say that. I would say what the enzymes allowed a body to do is write more metabolic checks. And by doing that, if you're doing everything else right and you're following all the things that you need to do and God willing, then you are able to do things that your medical advisors might not be aware of. Not saying that they're wrong. I'm not saying they're doing the best that they can with what they have been given, right. but they are not experts in this field. And I'm certainly not suggesting that you can go out and cure all these different diseases from whatever. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is the bottom line is when you get sick or you've been sick, or you want to prevent being sick, it all comes down to your lifestyle and how you're going to address it. And recognize that because of the technological innovations of the world, the fact that we can talk on the internet and fly in planes and drive in cars, well, we're very unique in the human story, in the human history. And there are consequences to these conveniences that we didn't anticipate when we created them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... With, with that, uh, it's our bodies giving it what it needs 
taking away the things it doesn't, so toxicities and, and whatever that means, given it what it, our bodies can do some pretty amazing things on their own. Healing and, and disease, I believe, are, or health and disease are the natural res results of internal and external conditions over top of the biochemistry of that particular organism. And I, I, it's really important to understand that. And so one of the tendencies and one of the things I want to comment on is when you talked about this at first, as devastating as that situation to have your child sick, and I've witnessed my parents go through it and many, many others. You can take on the role of a victim of it, or you can take on the role of a victor. That does not guarantee the outcome. Right. It only guarantees that you are going to take up the fight with everything that you have. And I think it's important for people to really do their due diligence and go above and beyond to support whatever your medical professionals are suggesting and recommending. Absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I, I used to get really frustrated when uh, they, Western medical doctors who I have a lot of friends are and they are wonderful people were either dismissive of a lot of the natural uh, ways or nutrition, but then the more I've looked into it, they, they legitimately don't know uh, whether whether that's on purpose or, or not. I It's not for me to say, but that's why what we are doing, I feel, is so unbelievably important. So Arkansas is typically uh, like 48th, 49th on unhealthiest states in the United States, like consistently in horrible, horrible health. So that awareness is is what we want to do. We have do I have doctors come to me and we have conversations on how to incorporate these type of things. You know, it's just that awareness. And uh, brother, you coming on here and just sharing with our audience means means so much because it, you are you are an absolute expert when it comes to the digestion and uh, supplement space. Uh, one of your products is the 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 magnesium. Wade, this has helped so many. This is the number one thing people come back and rebuy out of out of the the Landers Corner. This is the health food store I put together because I had such a hard time finding these things, and I just wanted to give it access. So at Landers Corner, that the magnesium was a big deal. The the headaches, being able to have regular bowel movement, just little things, and that ties in to what we were talking about at the very beginning. It's not in our soil. It's not in the foods we eat. So we have we have to supplement in order to get it. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming up with that fantastic product. Thank you very much. It's been an honor, and and we we continue to serve. Our mission is to end physical suffering and activate uh, what we call biologically optimized health or awesome health, as I like to call it. And you know, I, I'll leave you with uh, Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine thousands of years ago suggests said that all disease begins in the gut. He also said, physician, heal thyself. And physician means teacher. And in order to be a teacher, you have to be a good student so that you can teach other people. So being a good student, and obviously you're doing your student side of it, and now you get on the other side, which is teaching, because you never know where these messages will end up going or who will end up finding out of it 
or what impact that will have down the road. So it's always a pleasure to, to meet and connect with all our friends around the world who are doing good work. And I, I wish you and your son and your whole family the best of health from here out and forward. Thanks, Wade. I, I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time again, brother. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. You bet. Take care.